from DynastyLeagueFootball.com and the DLF family of podcasts, this is the Super Flex Super Show. Your main source for strategy, speculation, player values, and all things Super Flex. With innovative strategies like QBX and the Super Flex Flywheel, exercises like Tinder Flex, Super Six, You're Nuts, and next week this week, the Super Show's Super Friends never lack the content you need to help you draft and manage your roster in the fastest-growing fantasy football format, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Enjoy your DLF podcast and stay sexy and super flexy. listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast, where there is no off-season. Hey, it's another edition of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I'm Dan Myler. With me, Matt Price and Ryan McDowell, as always. Ryan, how's it going, dude? It is going well. Going well. Just uh, another week closer to the regular season. Yeah. I'm ready for it. So ready for it. You know, I was, I was missing... NFL football so much that I was really into week one and two of the preseason, but I, that, that's fading fast. Week three is not quite as exciting for me as it was earlier in the preseason. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, I, I actually have been less into preseason. We talked about it a little bit last week. I think that I don't. We're not seeing some of the, as many of the big names play. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I just have fewer takeaways this year. Uh, than I've had in in other years, so really that just makes me even more ready to to get to regular season action. Yeah, with a few exceptions, of course, like Marquez Callaway and others, there there's very little to see uh, in a lot of these games for sure. Matt, how about you, dude? How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, it was good to see uh, Jameis out there, and it's good to see him being the starter. So, but I'm definitely ready for real football. I do want to sh- sh- shout out real quick. We forgot. I forgot to mention it last week. Um, we should, you know, send our our well wishes or our, our best wishes, I guess, to uh, Mike Tagliere, who is still dealing with COVID in the hospital. I believe he's still on the ventilator. So, um, we got to send all of our positive vibes his way uh, and to his wife, of course. Um, so, hopefully that that situation resolves and he can enjoy this football season. Uh, Uh, at the beginning as well. Absolutely. Well said, Matt. Well, last week we talked about the 2019 rookie class. We, we flashback, we did a draft based on their values right now going forward. And that was so much fun. We're going to double down and do the 2020 class as well. Fellas, we, we all prepped this thing. We had to put together a mock draft uh, cheat sheet for ourselves. And man, this class is magical, Matt. It really is. I mean, I, 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 we, I, we, I think we, we came out of the 2019 draft with a lot of nice wide receivers, and you know, we always lose a couple of them. We feel a little bit different of them after two years out than we do one year out. But right now, I mean, it seems like the first two two rounds are just stacked with players that are you know in the top 50 to 60 of our our, our dynasty ADP. So really excited to get this one, especially from a super flex perspective. When you throw those quarterbacks in there, it just goes through the roof. This class. Yeah, we'll try to get three rounds done once again. We are going to do the super flex thing. 
Ryan, you did the same thing. You, I'm sure you put together a cheat sheet, and you get like 12, 15, 16 <laughs> players deep before you're like, wow, that finally it's starting to tail off a little bit. Yeah, again, we talked about last week, uh, the, the 2019 class, and it was, you know, came, came away feeling okay about it, kind of like Matt said. This class is very different. I was looking at our, uh, at our overall ADP, and right now, five of the top 14 running backs in Dynasty, according to <laughs> DLF ADP, five of the top 14 come from this class. Six of the top 21 wide receivers come from this class, along with, uh, along with the trio of quarterbacks. So uh, just, just an unreal class. We talk about 2017, that, that draft class that gave us McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and, and Kamara. Uh, and we talk about the 2014 class with all those wide receivers. This one... Uh, at, at least matches that those two, if not exceeds it. Absolutely. There's so much talent here, and we're going to get into it. You know, I, we should say as a as a prelude to, to this mock draft that we're going to do, we really do it as a draft because we want an opportunity to talk about all these players, where they, line, where they stand right now in ADP and such. But we are looking forward. We're not looking back at all. It's not about what they've done to this point. It's about... Value moving forward as dynasty managers are always doing. So with the 101 in the 2020 rookie draft redo, it's Ryan McDowell on the clock. Uh, well, because we're doing super flex, that, that makes the difference here. Um, Absolutely. I, I've got to take Justin Herbert with that top overall pick. Uh, of course, he was he was QB3 in that class last year. And and honestly, kind of an afterthought, not, not even really uh, challenging Joe Burrow or, or Tua Tungavaloa. So um, one of the best rookie seasons we've ever seen for a quarterback. And and I think, uh, honestly, I think it only gets better. They've added uh, some weapons for him there. And uh, a, a new coaching staff, I think, is going to help Herbert continue to be one of the top quarterbacks in Dynasty. Yeah, I would have gone with Herbert as well. Matt, you drew the second pick. Would you have gone with Justin Herbert? And then who's number two? Hundred percent, yeah. Locked in number one from this class, and it, like you said, you know he was falling to 108, 109 in superflex drafts last season, uh, and no one really saw this season coming from him. I don't think it took it took a, a an accidental puncture to Tyrod's lug, I guess, to, to 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 like really spring him, which is unfortunate, of course, uh, but uh, obviously the correct move in hindsight, uh, re- regardless of that that unfortunate incident for Tyrod. Uh, I'm going to go with the quarterback too here, a quarterback here as well. Uh, he was the quarterback one for most people last season and that's Joe Burrow uh, scary coming off of that knee injury a little bit uh, but uh, you know the passing volume of that offense is going to be just insane uh, and you know the wide receiver core that they have there is is one of the best sets in the entire league so uh, he seems like a pretty easy pick here if you want to go quarterback yeah, it's a it's it's pretty easy to go Herbert then Burrow tag team the two quarterbacks at the top of the draft. That seems like what most people would do. I had a little bit of trouble deciding between Burrow and Taylor uh, for my second rank spot, so I, I'm glad I ended up at number three. And I will uh, deviate from the quarterback position. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor. Of course, the big end to his second half to his rookie season really dominated, carried a lot of dynasty managers to the playoffs and and even to championships 
everything we expected him to be. Moving forward, it probably hinges his his dynasty and fantasy value on that ability to be a third down guy, a guy that can catch some passes. If he catches two or three passes a game, fellas, he's going to be in the conversation for RB1 overall. And if he's relegated to simply first and second down, not used in the passing game quite as much. We're going to be talking about him as a low-end running back one, maybe even a higher-end running back two. And I think that's where the fear comes in for fantasy managers, Ryan, with Jonathan Taylor. They're just not quite sure if he's going to have that part of the game because, of course, Naheem Hines is still there in Indianapolis. Yeah, and those are fair questions. I think we've uh, the dynasty community in general has been ready to move guys like Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, uh, maybe even Saquon Barkley down the ranks, and and JT has has kind of cemented himself as the as the RB two right now. But because of some of the things you mentioned, it feels like that might be a little premature. So I I, I know Christian McCaffrey's the RB one. I don't know who the RB two is in in Dynasty. I know who my wide receiver one is though. It's Justin Jefferson. That's who <laughs> I'm going to take here uh, with the fourth overall pick. Uh, it, it's it's a close call. I, I definitely love Jefferson, again, coming off one of the best uh, rookie wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. Same, same for Justin Herbert. So I've, I'm going back-to-back Justins here. Yeah, JT is really interesting. We've talked about last week, you know, uh, the discrepancies between Dynasty ADP and and redraft ADP. And Jonathan Taylor is actually an early second round pick. And so so it seems like the community at large is not really expecting this massive season from him. And I think a lot of that has to do with Carson Wentz's injury. And now that looks a little bit more stable of a situation. So uh, I do hope he he pays off that price tag. But I would have gone Jefferson at the third spot. uh, And I would also go one more receiver ahead of him. I'm going to take CD Lamb here. Just really looking forward to a huge season from him. Another one of those teams that just has a, a ridiculous receiving core. Uh, the Dak Prescott injury is certainly a little bit concerning, but I think this is the year that CeeDee Lamb takes over that number one spot, at least in terms of production from uh, Amari Cooper. Yeah, the thing that scares a lot of fantasy owners, Matt, and I, I agree with you, CeeDee Lamb belongs in this spot, or, or maybe even higher, there could probably be a case made, is that there are so many mouths to feed there in Dallas. So the concern maybe could be that on top of Cooper, you have other receivers, other running backs, and a, and a quarterback that rushes, especially around the goal, goal line, and, and that's just... That there's a lot of fantasy points to hand out for everybody to get there. So for Lamb to jump into that next tier, that top tier, and potentially even be that wide receiver one overall, he's going to need to to really outproduce not only another receiver like Cooper, but also Zeke and and even his quarterback can be a problem for for really gaining those huge fantasy weeks and and becoming that overall number one guy. So that takes me to the sixth overall pick after Herbert, Burrow, Taylor, Jefferson, and Lamb. I am left with a handful of of similarly valued players. If there's a tear break in this group, it probably lands right here and it's real small, fellas. But but there could be a case made for three or four uh, different players. I'm going to go with the guy that comes in at number 15 overall in our most recent DLF Superflex ADP, or excuse me, that's that's regular ADP. It's Antonio Gibson, the running back out of Washington. A lot of Gibson's value, fellas, is it's picked up steam, of course, over this offseason. Lots of redrafters have jumped on board with us, with us dynasty guys, that the the future is now there in Washington. He's going to be that pass catcher. There's still 
J.D. McKissick in in that backfield. There's still going to be uh, opportunities for him. But, you know, Gibson was a wide receiver really coming out of college, right? He was a guy that has such good hands that he was considered a slot target for some NFL teams. So, man, everything's in line for him to have that Christian McCaffrey role in an offense that is, you know, just like what Christian McCaffrey has played in over there in Carolina. It seems like he's the guy that can hit the launching point, uh, jump from 15 overall in that in that single quarterback ADP all the way into the first round, and it could happen really quickly at the beginning of the 2021 season. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely on a Gibson breakout. I know, obviously, I'm not alone in that. These first uh, first six picks have gone exactly like I had them ranked, so we're all we're all sharing a brain. But Gibson is really the first one of the six who has seen a significant jump based on last year's value. Uh, he, he was the 24th player drafted overall in, in rookie super flex rookie drafts last year. Uh, as we mentioned last week, that data comes from, uh, actual rookie drafts held on my fantasy league. I mean, you look and see guys like Brian Edwards and Zach Moss ahead of him and Jordan love. And it, 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 it just feels painful if you weren't in on, uh, Antonio Gibson and, and we'll have a couple other players like that who have seen a big rise for sure. Uh, I have the seventh pick here. I am going back to the quarterback spot and taking Tua Tungavaloa. Um, it's it's so tough to rank this class, I think, because, I mean, some of the same things you're dealing with in a Superflex startup draft, comparing quarterbacks to running backs and, and wide receivers. And in this class, you've got all three um, and, and and some pretty nice depth at all three spots. So it, it becomes difficult to to rank them and compare across positions. But in the end, we're talking about a, a young starting quarterback. One, I still uh, certainly believe in. Yeah. Uh, that, that would have been my pick as well. I think he offers the, maybe the best potential upside of any of uh, the, the quarterbacks where they're, where they're currently ranked in ADP. Uh, if he has a big season, he's going to be up there and valued similarly, uh, maybe not as high as Bur- Herbert and Burrow, but you know, as, as a fringe quarterback one, I think he's like, was he like quarterback 17, 18 right now, something like that in that range. Uh, so he represents a, a big value proposition. I think um, this is a tough one. Now we've got past the, the quarter league quarterbacks. So there's still some running backs out there, but there's a trio of wide receivers here that are, that are calling my name as well. Uh, and I know we're not really team building here, but I will go ahead and take uh, Burroughs' teammate, T. Higgins. Uh, Jamar Chase is presumably going to be eventually the wide receiver one. We've seen him struggle a little bit in camp, uh, and a little bit in the preseason. Not that I'm concerned about that at all. You know, he's probably just knocking off some rust for not having played football for a year. But Higgins, you know, he does clearly have that uh, that rapport with Joe Burrow and could start off the season really hot. Uh, his, his, his ADP did get pretty high this offseason. Uh, especially before Jamar Chase came into town. Uh, but I think he is probably the next wide receiver here for me. It's, it's close, though. There's a few here that I think you could take. Yeah, we're in, we're in a real interesting spot. After Tua Tungvaloa, there's a, there's a few running backs, there's a couple wide receivers, and they all seem to be in the same tier, at least for me. So I had a little trouble actually ranking and you know really, if you were if we were doing this with, uh, with a team already built, that might change some of these picks, right, guys? If you if you're if you're a contender low in the second in the first round, and you're you're picking between Higgins and some of these running backs, and maybe even one of these other wide receivers, if you have a need on your team, that might be enough to sway you. I had DeAndre Swift behind Tungavaloa. 
at the eighth spot. So I'm going to take him here. I think he I think he fits in well with Higgins and and Dobbins and there's Claypool and Ayuk. There's there's a handful of guys that we're going to be talking about real soon. What I like about Swift is although he's in a struggling offense or what we expect to be a struggling offense, he's the the most talented guy in that backfield in all uh, parts of the game. Maybe with the exception of pass blocking, that might go to Jamal Williams. That means Swift should be on the field. There are some small health concerns coming into the season, but he showed enough late last season, guys, that I feel comfortable with him as an RB2. And he feels it feels to me that getting a youthful guy with his kind of upside coming out, out of the draft and what he showed last year, pushed all the way down to nine, that feels like a value to me. So I'll take Swift here at nine. Yeah, Swift was my next my next guy as well, and uh, you kind of hinted at the injury stuff. You know, Dan Campbell has made some comments about um, really kind of seemed frustrated with Swift a little bit that he's been out, and maybe he won't even be ready for Week One. It feels like that all fantasy players, including dynasty managers, start taking on this this redraft mentality, and and it's I don't know if it's even a slow transition. It's just like uh, we we hit a certain time period. Maybe it's about this time of year where we, we start thinking from a redraft mentality. And uh, because there's concerns about Swift, his value is dropping. I think he, I think now's a great time to send out offers for Deandre Swift in dynasty league. So uh, I'm with you, Dan. I like the value on Swift at the nine spot overall. Uh, I will take Chase Claypool here. Uh, one of my favorite uh, favorite guys for a possible breakout season again. Definitely not alone in that. Uh, that's that's a, a popular uh, popular place to be right now. That this is Claypool's year. Obviously, the competition there uh, with both Deontay Johnson and Juju. Questions about Ben. Those things could hamper that, but this is again just a player I believe in, and uh, I think I think I have him as my wide receiver ten overall in dynasty right now. Ryan, you regularly talk about trying to add players that are going to add to their dynasty value in your last two picks to a tongue of Aloha, Chase Claypool. There might be some listeners out there that say, "Whoa, that that's a pick high, maybe, or a couple picks high," and maybe in Claypool's case. But that's something you you preach and you certainly practice it. You you want guys that can make big leaps in value, and this Claypool pick especially really shows that. Yeah, that that would have been the pick here for me. I was hoping he would slip through. There's another receiver that I was kind of hoping Ryan would take, but uh, that didn't happen. I think I think you're right. Claypool represents the maybe even the biggest ceiling outside of those uh, top two receivers of Jefferson and, and, and CD Lamb uh, of anybody in this group. Um, so that's a great pick. I'm going to take the last one, I th- the last receiver I think in this tier, and that's Jerry Judy. We saw uh, Teddy Bridgewater become uh, the, the starting quarterback for the Broncos. Uh, you know, maybe that lasts all season. Maybe it doesn't uh, and he's certainly not someone we're going to get excited about but I do think his skill set meshes very well with what Jerry do- Judy does and that's precision route running uh, t- Teddy Bridgewater is a quarterback that is a timing based quarterback I think he's not somebody who's going to blow you away necessarily with a deep ball uh, and and Judy I think meshes with his abilities perfectly so uh, he, I think I think he's going to be another player in this range that's going to make a big jump in year two. That leaves me on the clock to finish up round number one. I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins, and I actually had him at nine overall in this class. I think there's a little bit of discount because we're all building around that wide receiver position. Uh, There are certainly questions in Baltimore with Gus Edwards there and, and the unknowns of what Dobbins will do, especially in the passing game. 
I think this feels like a value to me. It, it seems like he should be a couple spots higher. I, I love a running back that looks like the lead back in the best running offense in the league with one of the best uh, offensive line groups in the league, and that's J.K. Dobbins. Plus, he's youthful. Plus, he has all the explosion and all that stuff we loved from him coming out of Ohio State. He's apparently, guys, lost some value since we drafted a year ago. He was in the mid to middle part of the first round in ADP. Now he falls all the way to 12 in this exercise. Ryan, what do you think of Dobbins moving forward? Is is this a value pick or is this, am I stepping into a bear trap? Because he, he does, in a PPR league, he doesn't provide that kind of pass catching upside, at least to this point in his career. Yeah, I like the value here for Dobbins. Uh, this is about where I had him going, uh, and that's more about just really how great this class is. We'll we'll say it all episode, sure. and, and less about uh, any concern specifically about Dobbins. I really think Gus Edwards has become one of the most, uh, maybe one of the most overvalued players in in, in Dynasty this whole offseason. and that may sound crazy for a guy that's going, you know, in, in early double digit rounds of of dynasty drafts, but this is, this is just an average running back that we're, we're suddenly treating as, um, as a major concern for JK Dobbins. So I just think that that whole narrative has been overblown. I mean, Gus Edwards is fine. He'll play, he'll have a role, uh, but he's never shown any serious upside. And Dobbins definitely has that. So I love everything you said about J.K. Dobbins there. Dang. Yeah, Gus Edwards, Ryan, he he comes in at running back 44, and you may say, oh, well, that okay, that's, that's down there at running back four. But you're right, the hype is a little bit out of control at some point. He's a really good NFL football player and probably a guy that every NFL coach would love to have on his team, right? But that right. doesn't necessarily translate to big performances for fantasy. In fact, so many times we saw a, a, a stat line like, 12 for 66. And if he doesn't score, yeah, that, that kind of contributes to his ending the season as a running back three, fringe running back two maybe even, but it doesn't help you win fantasy matchups. And he plays every single week and he gets his 10 to 12 touches. I think J.K. Dobbins, or I actually know J.K. Dobbins, is the home run hitter there. He's going to make the big play, the big splash play. And, man, I, I have just have a hard time seeing Dobbins trotting off the field in goal line situations if they're handing it to anybody, it should be Dobbins down there. Matt? Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And I put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago that said, you know, everybody thinks that they're not going to throw the ball to J.K. Dobbins, but but what if they do? You know, we don't think that he are. You know, you know, uh, Greg Roman doesn't have a history of changing that offense. But if they do, if he does somehow get that get a pass catching volume, you know, if he if he somehow uh, you know approaches 40, 50 catches, then we could be looking at somebody who is in the top five of dynasty running backs next season. So uh, love that pick at, at the end of the first round. And the nice thing about Dobbins is you don't even need 40 or 50, really, because last season he only had 16 catches for 120 yards. You just can't have one per game. It needs yeah. to be two or three per game. So you're just you're just tacking on those two or three points. And, you know, the, the big overlooked in PPR leagues for running backs is the yards still count, too. Sometimes those running back turn turns that, that two catches into 31 yards and, and, and two scores over a season. Those points is what are, are what takes you from a running back two to what you were talking about, a, a mid-running back one and a guy that we're super excited about putting in our lineup 
every single week. So round one is in the books of our 2020 rookie draft redo. It went Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson. Wow, that's a lot of Jays. Uh, then CeeDee Lamb, Antonio Gibson, Tua Tungavaloa, T. Higgins, DeAndre Swift, Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy, and J.K. Dobbins. Let's get to round two, Ryan. Who we got? You kick it off for us. Uh, this this class is so deep that uh, this guy has fallen to the second round, despite uh, formerly being a first-round dynasty startup pick already in his young career. I'll take Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here at the 201, 13th overall. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's the end of that that tier for me anyway. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but that that kind of breaks the tier for me. I think I've got one more guy in that tier. You've got one more. Oh uh, man, yeah. I hope I'm not missing somebody. <laughs> you scaring me a little bit there. I think I know who it. I think I know who it is, but I don't actually think I'm gonna take him here. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go back to the quarterback position actually and take. Uh, Jalen Hurts. I believe he was a second round option in Superflex leagues last year. Now he's a starter. You know, you can we can go back and forth about if he's going to keep that job or not. But if he does keep that job uh, and and does become a long term starter for Philadelphia, then at this point and in 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 this kind of exercise, I think he does represent some significant value there. Obviously, we know what he can do with his legs. We know the passing is very inconsistent, um, but he's got weapons this year, uh, and uh, I'm optimistic about what he's going to do, uh, especially in the early part of the season where he has a, a pretty cakewalk schedule. Um, so he could start off hot and kind of solidify that dynasty value. He's one of the guys that I had a trouble trouble ranking a little Me too. bit in this exercise because there is that elite type upside or at least fantasy, elite fantasy upside. We, we could see him post a top six season really in fantasy points because of the rushing upside. There's just that lingering thing in the background, that, that, that big red flag that you worry. It, a few interceptions, a couple fumbles, maybe an injury because he runs that much. And Philadelphia could be looking at a new starting quarterback in 2022. And it's I know we're in round two, so it shouldn't matter that much. That just gives me pause every time I think about Hertz's long-term value. I'm on the clock at the 203, and I'm going to jump into the wide receiver position. I'm not 100% sure, but it doesn't feel like I've taken a wide out just yet. I always preach about the uh, the wide receivers in Dynasty, and then I went Jonathan Taylor, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Swift, and J.K. Dobbins in round one. <laughs> I'll finally jump into the wide receivers. I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk. I know there's injury concerns there as well. Seems like the the fitting spot for him. He, he certainly fits right behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire along with Jalen Hurts here. And we've talked about it at length, Ryan. The, these wide receivers over there in San Francisco, they, they copycat each other a little bit. We like be having parts of this offense. There's injury concerns with almost all of them. But at the end of the day, we want pieces of this 49ers offense, and Brandon Ayuk certainly did enough as a rookie to warrant being picked right here. Yeah, he was he was the player I was referring yeah. to that was still in that uh, in that tier for me. So definitely would have been my pick, and uh, and Hertz would have been my next option. So those those were the next two guys in that range for me. I think from this pick on, definitely represents that teardrop, but. Still some upside as well. Uh, I'll, I'll go with an upside wide receiver, LaVisca Chenault here with the 16th overall pick. I hate it. That's that's that that was definitely my pick here. Uh, yeah, he now, now now that we have the unfortunate Travis Etienne injury, you know maybe it's Visca that's going to play that role that was slated for Kadarius Tony. Uh, 
you know, uh, I think he's going to get some increased touches, certainly in the receiving game and, you know, maybe even some backfield touches now. Um, speaking of backfields, I'm going to take uh, a running back. I'm going to take A.J. Dillon here. Uh, you know, obviously we have Aaron Jones in the way for this year. Uh, and, and as you've talked about a lot, Ryan, he's a di- very different player than Jamal Williams is. So how exactly is that role going to fit in? But, uh, you know, I, I really think he is going to be involved in some regard this year, whether it's in short yardage situations, whether it's closing out, out games. Uh, I think that's really what the Packers brought him in to do is in the fourth quarters when the Packers have been known to blow leads. Uh, they haven't had that really – uh, a massive pile mover, and now they have one in uh, in Dylan. And if something were unfortunately to happen to to Aaron Jones, then you know his his value goes through the roof. So I'll take AJ Dylan here in the middle of the second round. Yeah, I'm torn. You guys, you guys absolutely shredded my list here. You just, you just kept kept picking off of it. After I got Ayuk, I had a couple guys. As long as one gets to me, didn't happen. Laviska and AJ Dillon go off the board. I'm gonna have to stretch just a little bit. Maybe maybe some might might not like this pick all that much. I'm gonna go back to wide receiver. I'm gonna take Jalen Rager. He's the next guy on my list. I know there's other wide receivers. There's there's a couple running backs that could probably there could be a case made for belong right here. Rager, I've seen enough this preseason that I'm back in, fully fully back in on a Jalen Rager and the potential for a breakout season. I loved his talent, as many of us as Dynasty managers did, uh, coming into the draft last year, and then the landing spot was great. We just need Hurts to be able to get him the football and, and get it get it to him regularly. There's there's a lot, of, a lot of guys, there's a lot of names in Philadelphia. Still, with all the other names, Rager is the one that packs the most punch for me. He seems like the guy that could could run with that wide receiver one job. So I want to invest in him if I can. As I said, it might be a a couple picks too early, but I like him here at the 206. Yeah, Dan, that might, uh, actually both of you, Dylan and Rager, those, that was a little higher than I had either of those guys. Um, I've got a, I've got a trio of players, uh, that I had ranked above both. So, uh, yeah, I think you both could have, I don't know, maybe could have waited a little bit longer. Um, (laughs) I, I just still have concerns about Rager. I mean, after last year, I, I don't know. It's hard to be positive for me. I, I agree, and I, I, I heard a stat today. I'm sure it's been out there for a long time, but uh, Matt Harmon, obviously we know reception perception. He says that Rager had the second worst success rate versus man coverage that he's ever charted, which is very concerning. Uh, but I still like the talent. I still like them coming out. So I, I have hope, but I, I think I have a little bit less hope now. Well, I mean, there's a quarterback who wants to focus, uh, uh, you know, more on running than passing potentially. Uh, they drafted Devontae Smith in the first round, so that can't be, uh, even as thin as their wide receiver core is, that can't be a vote of confidence for uh, for Jalen Rager either. I, I don't know. Uh, there's a wide receiver, at least one wide receiver I would have preferred and, and a couple of running backs. Uh, Matt, you mentioned the Travis Etienne injury. I'm going to take the guy who benefits most from that, um, James Robinson. So I'll go with another Jaguar here. Not not really how I want to build my team, but uh, <laughs> with with a bunch of Jags. But uh, again, we we saw a big uh, we saw a big season, obviously from James Robinson this year or last year. I'm sorry, and and this off season, the the value has just been in free fall. Uh, obviously because of ETN and, and some of the other changes on that team. And if, if you if you held on or if you bought low, you're feeling great right now because he looks like he's in for at least one more big season. Um, and, and, you know, maybe, maybe more beyond that. Um, love getting James Robinson here. 
Yeah, that's a that I would have been my pick here as well. I just it, it, it's tough. Like if this is a, a, a worse injury for ETN than we, maybe we think. The Liz Frank, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, they said it was just a sprain, but it wasn't a break. But he still has to have surgery. He's still missing the entire season. So there's a chance that Robinson solidifies himself in this offense. Now we know Urban Meyer likes to run the football. My my one concern with him is that is he going to get that same ridiculous volume that he got last season? Is Urban Meyer going to screw this up and throw Carlos Hyde out there? We've seen Carlos Hyde running with the one. We've seen him start preseason games. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but but with all of the questionable decisions, I think we've seen Meyer make this off season. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility. But this late in the second round to get that that level of a running back talent, at least for 2021, uh, is, a, is a great value. Uh, I'm going to go back to wide receiver, and I'm going to take Michael Pittman from Indianapolis. Uh, T.Y. T. Hilton's obviously on the way out. I love me some Paris Hilton, but it seems like Pittman you know, profiles more as that top option, and now that Carson Wentz is, is probably going to start the season, we, we think that that's trending positive so uh Pittman seems like a nice pick here in the later second yeah he's the next guy I'll I'll have to say James Robinson and Pittman were my other considerations when I took Rager I knew it was a couple picks too high probably could have gone with Robinson and still got Rager here but uh I I, (laughs) like you uh Ryan I like to invest in guys that can make that big splash I wanted to get him and I got him I, I you know Rager yeah, Pittman was nice as a rookie, but I I will argue to to my grave that Rager still has way more way more upside to be a big time playmaker and a guy that can suddenly become your high end wide receiver too, and and take over your dynasty roster. Yeah, and I would totally agree with that. And um, talk, talking about some players that are overvalued, Michael Pittman. I don't get it. I mean the the profile is there, you know, he had solid draft capital and he's, he's going to have opportunity based on uh, the rest of that, uh, that uh, wide receiver core. But just like Jalen Rager, this guy did nothing last year. Dan, you and I were having the conversation uh, last week about who's, who's the most valuable dynasty asset uh, who's never actually produced a top 12 game. Uh, It's Michael Pittman. He's, he's inside the top 100 of our ADP and has never had a top 12 scoring game, uh, obviously just one year for that, but uh, he only had one game as a top 24 wide receiver, one week. And we've seen the Rager value fall. We saw Henry Ruggs value fall. We saw Brian Edwards value fall because of um, some disappointing rookie seasons, and Michael Pittman somehow has been exempt from that. So I, I don't get it. Yeah, Pittman comes in. Uh, in our most current ADP as the wide receiver 45. So you can say down there in the wide receiver four ranks in, in redraft guys, the expectations are much lower. He, co- he comes in at wide receiver 60. So down there quite a bit further, the expectation is not to be able to depend, depend on Michael Pittman. And for good reason, as Ryan just pointed out, outside of one nice game where he had a little bit of a breakout at Tennessee, seven catches for 101 yards, also had a rushing attempt for 21 yards, he was his stat line didn't exceed 46 receiving yards uh, in, in those last five or six games when he was, when, when he was expected to take that next step and become the guy. Now he has the off season, all those things. We'll see what happens moving forward. I do want to touch real quickly on the pick of James Robinson that you made there, Ryan, you got him just a, just last pick at the two Oh seven. Uh, I found a tweet on Twitter 
of course, from Miguel Chapton, I think it is. Sorry if I mispronounced that. At Pro Football PSI, he did a study of the Liz, Liz Frank surgeries that he could find in the last 10 or 12 years uh, and listed them all out. Cedric Benson, never played again. Amir Abdullah, career backup. Santonio Holmes, sharp decline year after year after out of league within two years Ronnie Brown sharp decline in career backup Darren McFadden sharp sharp decline brief rebound in Dallas MJD played one more season with sharp decline out of the league Hollywood Brown hasn't lived up to expectations so far Cam Newton sharp decline in 2020 might be a backup here shortly the list goes on and on he tucks tucks touches on Jake Locker and Matt Schaub, Alshon Jeffrey, who is currently a free agent, Lev Bell, Joe Mixon, who actually didn't have surgery, Brian Westbrook, uh, they all had sprains, not fractures, and it still affected them. And Julio Jones, the guy that everybody points to with the Liz Frank, he's he's never had the the surgery. So, and it's been uh, a fracture surgery, not Liz Frank. So he, there's, there's just a list of all these guys that have played, tried to come back from this Liz Frank and it simply doesn't happen. He, he went on and on. I saw so many of them and I could, I never found a guy that, wow, he, he came back and he was fine or at least adequate or useful in fantasy. So I'm scared to death of this ETN injury. And I love James Robinson because of it. Uh, man, it's, it's just a shame that it happened to a young stud like him. I hope he, hope he's the guy that overcomes it. And not just for our dynasty rosters, guys, but just because he was so much fun to watch in college. And I would love to see him on an NFL field, the same guy that we saw before. So, Matt, you took Michael Pittman. I'm going to stick with the wide receivers. I'm going to take Darnell Mooney, who is a lot lower in our ADP, of course, last season. Um, came in way down there. He, he was, in fact, rarely drafted, right, guys? He... He was not on the radar until there was a couple squeaks out of out of training camp. We didn't get the preseason to see Darnell Mooney play, and uh, came out of nowhere. Now he's a guy that we want in the second round of these drafts. It feels like he fits right here, uh, late in the second round of our rookie draft redo at the two hundred nine. Ryan, that puts you up at two ten. Yeah, good pick on Mooney there. I was. I've been thinking about my kitchen sink teams, Dan and Matt. Maybe you guys have too. We we've got to yeah. cut down our rosters. We've got to decide on our our new contracts. It's that time of year. And I remember last year I, I took a shot in the rookie auction on Darnell Mooney. I think I got him for a dollar. Uh, it, it was again this time of year, early in the uh, well, not not the preseason last year, but uh, right before the season started and. I was kind of patting myself on the back that maybe I had found something, but then I got a trade offer, giving up Darnell Mooney and getting Andy Dalton in a in a super flex, and <laughs> I really thought I was pulling one over on that guy. And uh, yeah, joke jokes on me. So I I got it right by taking a shot on Mooney and then gave him away for for the red rifle. So last, that, last that year, hurts. last year Mooney was. 59 overall in our rookie ADP wide receiver 27. So wow. I get. I can't imagine you paid more than $1 in those auctions to get Mooney. Ryan, that's a horrible story. Why would you share that with us? I don't know. <laughs> Some, somebody got me on that one. Um, Ryan, we've been, talk- we've been talking about the ETN injury. I'm going to take uh, an injured guy right now. I'm going to take Cam Akers. I think this is the right spot for him. Uh, just, just like we said with ETN, 
some certainly some doubts as if uh, or about uh, Acres ever being right again and being uh, being one hundred percent. I can't I can't say that I'm confident that happens. But looking at the other players here available, uh, this is where I would be willing to gamble on on that. Yeah, this is exactly where I had Cam Akers. The the first 22 players off the board are the top 22 on on my list here. Matt, what are your thoughts on Akers? Does he belong right here? Yeah, absolutely. He was uh, he was going to be my pick here. In fact, okay. so it seems like we're all we're all kind of in lockstep on, uh, in this area of the draft. You guys got me with both uh, the Mooney and the Acres pick. So, um, w- well done. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, I think I'm back up. So, uh, <laughs> uh, man, this is where this. Is, I'm not going to say it's like super gross yet, but this is definitely where it's just like throw a dart and I think see what see what sticks. There's a couple of more guys here I think that we can count on being starters. So uh, I might as well just go ahead and crack the seal on tight end and take Cole Komet here. For some reason, Chicago decided to bring back Jimmy Graham, so that could eat into Komet's production. But we I think we know that he is the guy long term. They got a quarterback upgrade, obviously, uh, with Justin Fields, who, you know, I would say he did pretty well with uh, with a tight end last season. Jeremy Ruckert, is that right? I'm not I'm not the college football guy, but I think uh, that's the guy who's 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 going to be a, a, somebody we're going to be talking about in rookie drafts in a couple of years here. Um, so uh, like getting the, the really the I guess are we going to say there's more than one tight end we're excited about in this draft? I guess there's one more we're probably excited about, um, but I'll take Komet. Yeah, Komet and Troutman is the other one that yeah. you were thinking about there. Yeah. I'm interested, Ryan, out of those two, who did you list first out of Troutman and Komet? Because they're, they're both profiles the same guy, the guy that's going to get the opportunity, has the, has the chance to take a step forward. Which is your guy out of those two? Yeah, Komet, Komet is my guy at, at the tight end spot um, in this class, and, and he was my next, next guy overall. So, uh, okay. Matt, you, <clears throat> you got me back. Yeah, I got okay. Uh, I had commit one spot above Troutman as well, but I'm not going that way. I had a, I had a guy right in front of them in my rankings. It's quarterback Jordan Love. I think we're we're all got got mystified by Rogers returning to Green Bay once again. That this is still lurking in the background. Love is going to be the quarterback of the Packers sooner rather than later, and it's it's kind of interesting that suddenly so many forget and and he still has the upside. He looked good in his one preseason game so far. I'm excited to see him in game three. That's probably the only thing I'm excited about in game threes of of this preseason week three of the preseason is seeing love play. Once again, he's going to have to wait in the wings again, but I think this is a, this is something that could really pay off for dynasty managers that managers that invested in him last year. And right now, this today is the chance if you want to get back in on Jordan Love and get him relatively cheap. Now is the time to do it because everybody's hyped about Rodgers and the upside of that offense. Without Love, Love Love still has a little bit of value. Ryan, what are your thoughts on Jordan Love? You got me also, Dan. That was that was the next guy on my list. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Komet and then Jordan Love. So I totally agree agree with you. Um, I, I think it's a great time to go out and try to. Uh, to trade for Jordan Love. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> so round two is in the books here. It went Clyde Edwards-Alaire, then Jalen Hurts, Brandon Ayuk, LaVisca Chenault, A.J. Dillon, and Jalen Rager. The end of the round went James Robinson, Michael Pittman, Darnell Mooney, Cam Akers, Cole Komet, 
and Jordan Love. Before we get to round three, we should talk about our friends over at Monkey Knife Fight. They are the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Instead of spending your time building elaborate salary cap rosters or competing against professional players, you can explore unique, fun, easy-to-play games like More or Less, Knockout Kings, Eagle Eye, Goal Rush, or Touchdown Dance over at Monkey Knife Fight. Play any of the major sports such as the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB, as well as UFC, NASCAR, golf, soccer, and various college sports without competing against all those sharks. Right now, you can open a new Monkey Knife Fight account, make an initial deposit, and get a free full year of DLF Premium. On top of that, if you use the promo code DLF, Monkey Knife Fight will match that deposit 100% doubling your initial bankroll. Simply log on to DynastyLeagueFootball.com, click the image for Monkey Knife Fight, and follow the instructions to get started today. We need to get started on round three of this 2020 Rookie Mock Draft Redo. Uh, Ryan, kick us off. I mentioned earlier in the show that it was it was difficult to rank some of these players, and um, I think this is the first spot I'm I'm going against my rankings. The the player I had listed next, I'm going a different direction. So uh, I'm, I'm going to take Henry Ruggs here at the 301. Uh, a lot of a lot of players I think kind of in the same position as we've already talked about. They they've got some upside, but really no sure things left at this point. Uh, you just look at Ruggs and he. He can still be the wide receiver one on that team, and that definitely has some value and some appeal in the third round. I like that pick. That puts you on the clock, Matt. Yeah, that that was going to be my pick again. We we're doing real well with each other. Good <laughs> today, I guess. <laughs> you know that it's interesting, Rugs, uh, because you know first wide receiver taken. Uh, I just I, I just have this feeling that they're that, that Gruden is is going to make him be a thing like he's just going to be forcing the ball to him this year I mean and 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 outside of Waller they they have question marks all over at wide receiver certainly there's another player in this draft we could take um but you know maybe showed even less than Ruggs did last season so uh, I'm not going to go that way I am going to go to running back I'm going to take Zach Moss someone I'm not super excited about but you know presume starter and Buffalo in a good offense with a good uh surrounding cast uh so you know we we're probably going to split time um there but uh you know i think at this point in the draft to get a running a, a starting a quote-unquote starting running back in the league uh is, is a pretty good pick here in the early third yeah i, I i'm glad you did that you, you saved me from having to take zach moss <laughs> i didn't want to i didn't i'm not excited to. about moss either but you are right you made some good points he is in line to get those those uh that first opportunity in that backfield it's just that there isn't a goal line back in on that roster it's the quarterback the guy that takes the snap and shotgun that's going to get those opportunities uh that leaves me on the clock at the 303 i'm going to go to that other tight end the other guy that we considered a few picks back it's adam troutman and there's there's you know, the, the questions surrounding what he did in the preseason and the injury that's going to keep him out a little bit. Guys, I saw Adam Troutman get dropped at roster cutdown day in a couple what? of dynasty leagues this week. So I, I thought that was unique. I, I don't know if there was news out there that I missed that maybe that injury could have been more severe or people are just scared off by how he wasn't really used as a, a downfield pass catcher in that offense. But I think like so many of these other targets in New Orleans – the announcement that came out late last week that that um, 
that Jameis Winston was going to take over full-time under center or at least be the starter under center for the Saints. That That's good news for all these pass catchers. In New Orleans, Troutman's one of those guys, so he fits right here at the 303 for me. Yeah, I think the concern for Troutman is not just the injury, even though he's not going to be out as long as, as maybe initially feared, uh, but also just some reports that he had been struggling in camp. Maybe he's not uh, even the tight end one there. So uh, really, even with all that said, him being dropped uh, is is a major surprise in, in a typical dynasty league. Uh, but I like what you said there about Jameis, Dan, about the pass catchers in New Orleans. Uh, I'm going to take another Saints pass catcher. I'll take Marquez Callaway here. Uh, this is this has been another guy I've been a a fan of really since he kind of flashed a little bit uh, in his rookie season. Of course, Michael Thomas was out, and Callaway just just had a two or three game stretch where he saw uh, some some significant targets, and I, I was impressed with him then. He kind of faded away a little bit through the remainder of last season, uh, but he is he's popped again here in the preseason. And I'm not sure Michael Thomas plays a down this year. Uh, I'm definitely not concerned with Traycon Smith as any type of competition. I think Callaway might be this team's wide receiver one. Yeah, and he comes in at wide receiver 70 in the most recent DLF Superflex ADP. That's 198, or excuse me, 189 overall. So there's definitely the chance for some major value as he comes in at 304 here in this exercise. Uh, apparently I'm a Buffalo Bills fan now because I'm going to take, uh, Gabriel Davis <laughs> here. <laughs> I, I do. Th- and I do think that it, it, as long as Emmanuel Sanders is healthy, he's going to be the two in this offense. Uh, but that's obviously going to be short lived. Gabriel Davis showed us some things last season. His ADP got way too high for me, uh, uh this off season, but it's kind of cooled off, I believe. Um, and, uh, in the third round to get a starter with a quarterback that we presume to be a top five guy in the league, uh, you know, maybe not this year again because of Sanders there, but in the future. Matt, you don't have to be ashamed being a Bills fan. <laughs> we we have Ryan over here. He's a Jaguars fan, apparently, with what he did earlier in the draft. So that's, true. Uh, that's much worse, right? Uh, sorry to all the Jags fans out there. Um, I am up at, or yeah, I'm up at the 306. Um, there, there's one guy that I figured I would come out of this draft with. I hope you guys don't think it's too early. I'm going to go with Brian Edwards, the wide receiver for the Raiders. I think he fits right here with with Davis and maybe even Ruggs, who who went about six picks earlier. There was a little bit of hype, a couple videos that hit Twitter earlier this offseason that I thought, okay, it just took another year. But if you remember back a year, 12 months ago, we were watching those videos too when it came to Brian Edwards and it never translated to the field. Hopefully he gets his opportunity on the football field as a starter on the field regularly. I'm not convinced that's going to happen, but at least some of those videos, some of those quotes coming out of Las Vegas are, are a step in the right direction. I mean, I do think, Edwards gets a chance to start. We saw him start week one last year as a rookie and, and kind of, as you said, just couldn't, uh, couldn't capitalize on that. Some injury issues, but really, I mean, honestly, the same things I said about rugs are true for Edwards. He could, <clears throat> he could definitely be the wide receiver one as well in that offense. I, I love the Edwards pick the way you set that up. I thought you were going to do something, uh, do something crazy there. You took okay. the last guy, you took the last guy in that tier for me. Um, since I took Marquez Callaway last pick, I'm going to take another uh, preseason hype guy. 
another guy I took a chance on last year. I actually held on to him. I didn't make any bad trades with him. Uh, I'll take Quez Watkins here at the 31st overall pick. Uh, I'll, I'll take another speed guy. I think he was one of Dan's guys last year, KJ Hamler for Gosh. the Denver Broncos. <laughs> See, that's who I thought you were going to say when you said you thought you were coming out of this draft with, with somebody. Um, but, you know, I think he offers something different than the other receivers, certainly. Uh, you know, he's not the precision route runner that Jerry Judy is. He's not the big contested catch guy that Cortland Sutton is. Um, you know, so he, he fits in nicely with what they want to do. Maybe it doesn't necessarily mesh with what Teddy Bridgewater does well. Uh, and, and Noah Fant has, you know, just as just as good a speed, if maybe not quite as good a speed as Hamler, but obviously a, a, a better athlete, I think, uh, uh, than Hamler is. So he's got competition for targets for sure. But, you know, one injury to anyone in that wide receiver crew, and I think we'll be talking about K.J. Hamler um, a lot more this season. Yeah, I think he's going to be a best ball darling. One of them guys yeah. that has three or four mm-hmm. games that you're yeah. like, man, I ha- I'm glad I had K.J. Hamler sitting on my bench in that best ball league. He might be maddening to to try to manage in a, a regular set your lineup league. I'm up at the 309. I'm, you know, I, I said I, I'm glad I didn't have to take Zach Moss. I'm not happy about making this pick. It's Denzel Mims. Um, it's all about draft capital. There's, there's no good, good news coming out of New York when it comes to Mims. There's guys just leapfrogging. It seems him on the depth chart week in and week out, but the talent is still there. There's, there's still the upside. Hopefully not that the COVID thing was good, but hopefully that's, what's holding him back here in year two. Now he's got a quarterback. It's going to be rough for the jets in year one of this system with this quarterback. I'm hoping Denzel Mims grows up a little bit with the, with the coordinator with the with the new new rookie uh starting quarterback and hopefully he becomes part of this offense because those things that we saw last year with him coming out of college there were good things there it certainly hasn't translated to the NFL at all to this point yeah I was I was wondering if Mims would get picked in this uh in this that probably means he wasn't in your top 36 huh uh he he was in consideration I've I've got a lot this is my last pick I think here at at uh three what 310 34 overall um so yeah he he was on the long list but i think i would have gone a different direction i think if you've got mems on your roster at this point you're just really just hoping he gets cut and uh and can find a new home i think that's probably best case for him he needs a change in scenery. He does not fit in well with this, you know, presumed it's going to be similar to the Shanahan system, that which is a, you know, a catch and run kind of offense. And that's not the kind of receiver that, that Denzel Mims is. So he needs to go to a team that's going to use him uh, and use his strengths. Uh, I think this one is my pick. I'm going to, I'm going to keep the preseason thing going for my, for my team, uh, potential oh, no. breakout wide receiver. <laughs> I'll take Donovan Peoples Jones here. Uh, I thought Browns, he was going to be Mr. Receiver. Irrelevant, number 36 overall. Nope. So I took Mims uh, first. Nope. He was going 35. Nice, nice try. To take <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Wow. Yeah. We, we yeah. really are on the same page tonight. Um, so DPJ, uh, yeah, like I said, another player having a good camp. Uh, somehow I've talked to two Browns fans in the past week. I don't know how that <laughs> happened, but uh, they both they both have mentioned Peoples-Jones to me, that this is the year he breaks out. Uh, I don't know if that's true, but I, I do like his, uh, his spot in this offense with both Beckham and, and Jarvis Landry obviously getting up there in age. I think it's reasonable that at least one of those guys, maybe both, are off that roster uh, after this season. So uh, Peoples-Jones could be certainly a, a 2022 starter if he doesn't, even if he doesn't do much this year. 
Well, the thing about DPJ is he he had all the pedigree, right? He was that number yeah. one overall wide receiver coming out of high school and went to Michigan, and it really didn't happen. Then he slipped in the draft. But all the talent was there, and he showed that in spurts last year. He had a few really nice catches. The thing that you mentioned that's most important there, it is a crowded wide receiver room. He's going to have to battle to get on the field, and a breakout might look more like a 45-catch type season or something like that, which doesn't always translate to fantasy success, but certainly sets him up in year three, which would be 2022. I think he's a little bit more of a long-term sleeper than some people are hoping for, especially those Browns fans. All right, at 311, uh, I mean, there's there's a handful of ways I think you could go here. Uh, I'm going to just – I'm just going to throw out I, – I, I, I'm going to say first I, I'm surprised that Lynn Bowden did not go to Ryan McDowell with his final pick. Uh, but, uh, again, there's a bunch of receivers here. I think I'm going to go with uh, kind of an arbitrage play on the Jacksonville offense. I'm going to take the, my first Jaguar. I'm going to take Colin Johnson. Uh, we've had comments from Urban Meyer the earlier season that DJ Chark plays like – he's a big receiver. He, he plays small. Colin Johnson I do not think plays small. He had a couple of games last season, uh, a 6'6", 220-pound guy that uh, really can go up and play big. So if for some reason DJ Chark does not work out, Colin Johnson, I think, could fill that that big receiver role for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, I'm, I'm shocked. I, I figured you'd go with a wide receiver, but I didn't think it was going to be Colin Johnson. There's a <laughs> guy over in Detroit that you've been raving there about is, for there years. Is. I know. I, I didn't think we were coming out of this thing without Matt Price taking – <laughs> Taking our guy Quintess Cephas. I'm going to sidestep Cephas as well. I'm going to go back to the running back position. I'll take Darrington Evans. He was going in, in late round two, early round three last year. Really couldn't stay healthy. Didn't get his opportunity. Looks like the second guy in that depth chart right now. I don't know if he's he's probably not going to have any value outside uh, of an injury in front of him. But uh, there were, there were things to like about Darrington Evans last season. Um, so I still am carrying him on a handful of rosters. I think he's worthy of a roster spot I, for sure. I think it's Brian Hill. I think it's Brian Hill is the, is the number two. I think it he's might the... be. You know, it looks from everything I've seen from beat reporters, it seems like Evans is getting the first opportunity uh, with with the second team. So you know, I, it probably doesn't matter because none of these no. guys are getting on the field, right? <laughs> Henry no, doesn't but, get hurt. No, but if Henry does get hurt and they want to maintain that same style offense, I think Brian Hill is that straight line, uh, you know, physical runner. Whereas Evans, I think, is I'm, I'm, Evans, uh, I'm not sure is you know that that guy. Yeah, I, I feel like we've seen Brian Ed, or Brian Hill. He's had his opportunity, a pretty good opportunity down there in Atlanta with with a poor offensive line. Granted, but uh, Darrington Evans has the unknown a little bit, so true, I'd rather true. invest in Evans. Uh, round three went Henry Rugg, Zach Moss, Adam Troutman, Marquez Calloway, Gabriel Davis, and Brian Edwards, followed by Quez Watkins, KJ Hamler, Denzel Mims, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Colin Johnson, and Darrington Evans. Guys, there's a handful of unnamed guys. I mentioned Cephas, Matt. Is there any other one or two names that, that are still on your list? Yeah, some guys we're, 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 we have some love for that are just kind of buried on depth charts. Tyler Johnson down in Tampa Bay, uh, you know, I think in the very limited opportunities he had, uh, showed us some stuff last year. It obviously still buried behind those top three wide receivers there. Eno Benjamin, you know, if Chase Edmonds falters and James Ro- and uh, James Conner continues to be injured, then he could get a shot. Uh, I still have some love for, for Albert O. Uh, you said, like you mentioned, Quintez Cephas. 
there's a, there's as I, there's more here. Devin Duvernay. This this class just keeps going and going with with players that we like to stash on our dynasty roster. But I'll leave some names for you guys. Ryan, any for you? Yeah, Anthony McFarland was probably the next guy on my list. It looks like he's going to win that number two job in Pittsburgh, and uh, this is kind of the the range where you're just looking for players who are going to have a role, even if it's not a starting role. Uh, Van Jefferson is another one. I know that was one of Dan's guys as well. Kind of thought he might get chosen here late in the in the third round. Um, and, the, and then Jacob Eason was another player I considered uh, just as a, uh, you know, as a maybe. And again, with the super flex format, uh, somebody you look at, but the 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 reports have not been great on on Eason, unfortunately. Yeah, I had a lot of those same names. I'd throw in Lamichael P. Ryan, a guy that maybe could have gone in something like this, and Savan Ahmed uh, down there in Miami might get an opportunity as the second guy. Uh, maybe it might be the third guy. We'll see what happens there. So we got through the 2019 draft last year. We did 20 or last week. We did 2020 this week. Next week, guys, we're only going to be a few days away from the NFL season kicking off. So it's prediction time. We'll all sharpen our pencils, and we, we will do it in pencil because we, we typically really rock these things and, and pick everything correctly. But we'll, we'll try to pick some, <laughs> yeah. some fantasy stuff. We'll, we'll uh, pick our Super Bowl teams. We'll have a lot of fun with that episode we do every year. So for Ryan and Matt, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week.